All right, I'm Matt Taibbi. This is Useful Idiots. I'm Katie Halper. Indeed, we, Useful Idiots. We have a really interesting show today. We're going to sort of explore the realms of both the absurd and the actually true, which in this case is the same story with the Jeffrey Epstein yes. phenomenon. Before we start, uh, you might notice I'm wearing a a, a shiny throwback yeah. XFL Rod He Hate Me Smart jersey. Um, and this is as part of a campaign. You're, I'm going to show you the back okay, later, great. which says, Oh, he hate me. Okay, he, great. He hate me. And uh, this is part of a campaign to get Useful Idiots. It's its first sponsor. Like we're open, we're going to openly mug totally, for the yeah. new football league, the XFL, which has a team here in New York, the New okay, York Guardians. Did not know that. We want the New York Guardians to end up sponsoring us. We yeah. will, we will broadcast from the stadium. If oh yeah, I'll wear a hat. Show. You will. Yeah, you can. We can do educational videos. Like you can tell me all about the sport while it's going on. Right. Like how what a touchdown yeah, is, and that's I know of thing. that's like through the thing. They they throw it and someone catches it. Right. The, right. See. Yeah, one team goes that way, another team goes that yeah. way. Yeah. Well, it's really funny because true story when I was coming here and I was like looking in the mirror at my hair and I was like I really got to get some hair product to get some of this frizz under control I'm like we should get a hair and makeup sponsor so which sponsor do you want I mean honestly I'll take any one <laughs> I was gonna make some condition I was gonna have some condition but oh, you know what we can't have animal testing because that would just be too off-brand so it's I would not feel in bad. the studio anyway right no we can't yeah. unless it's well Bodie I could have little Bodie my parents dog I would love to get her nails done but not testing yeah you don't want to have something that like where you're blinding no your own dog oh, no. for, oh my god for, just so to get awful. free makeup out of it Do you feel like I feel like I have a lot more empathy towards all animals including like an ant since my parents got this dog you did you grow up with with pets? I, I did. Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. you were you already had that. But yeah. You don't care anyway. Um, no, no. I have empathy towards animals. Just you know, ants. I don't know. Anyway, hair hair and makeup sponsor. So, I'm ready for you. Yeah. Any hair and make so any hair and makeup sponsor. Whereas specifically, I want the XFL to sponsor us. Not oh, the NFL. I see. Right, right. No, I'll take anything. Natural. Yeah. Hopefully, doesn't have. All right. I mean, go XFL. Yeah. Go New York Guardians. They're awesome. Yeah. Um, and I didn't just look up the te- name of the team before I came no, in here. It wasn't I told like you. That at all. All right, so we have four main food groups. Yeah, Republicans suck. Democrats suck. Isn't that weird? Isn't that terrible? Republicans suck. I think it's kind of an obvious one this week. Donald Trump pulling out of the um, Paris Accord. And this to me is a classic example of this is this is why like I actually won't vote for Donald Trump is because of stuff like this. Wait, like, I thought as as some hater said on right, Twitter, oh, no, of course, we yeah. won't name, yeah. but he's a putz and we won't give him the attention. Uh, you voted for Trump because of your tax bracket. <laughs> oh God, I, mean, I didn't even I forgot oh, yeah, yeah, about yeah, sorry, that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so yeah. too bad you voted for Hillary. But right. Besides yeah, no. that, it works. Great I'm part of the, the, the Trump in left too. No, so they they pulled out of the Paris Accord, and I always thought this 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 whole story was amazing because it's kind of a it's a combination of like everything that's kind of wrong with Trump in one. On the one hand, Trump I think actually genuinely believes global warming is a hoax because he's basically like a, a modern American media consumer who reads like a bunch right, of stuff right, yeah. and doesn't check. And the other thing is he's probably sort of cynically trying to get uh, contributions from the energy industry, right. which doesn't want to have to deal with the, you know, the the restrictions that this would involve. So it's both. It's, it's craven and ignorant at the same right, time. Right. And I always thought the, 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 there was an amazing story about Trump's attitude towards climate change just really quickly. Remember, he, during the campaign, 
he um, said that uh, it was an expensive hoax and bullshit and that climate change was naturally occurring. But then his, his own scientists in the N- NHTCA, TSA, I forget what that stands for even, but they did, a, they did a report on climate change. And they concluded the emissions reductions necessary to keep global emissions within this carbon budget could not be achieved solely with drastic reductions in emissions from the U.S. passenger car and light truck vehicle fleet. In other words, they said, to make a real difference, we'd have to, quote, move away from the use of fossil fuels, which is, quote, not currently technologically feasible or economically practicable. So basically what they said is, we're screwed anyway, right. uh, and there's oh, nothing right, right, we right. can do. So, so might so as well go out with a bang. Let's not bother. Right, 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 right. right. So that's, like yeah. the, that's the official stance of the, tr- of, of the Trump right. government. So this is, the, this is like the, the worst Republican suck that we've had yet uh, and in conjunction with them pulling out of the Paris Accord this week. So um, that's better to burn out than fade away right. as a planet also. Exactly. Yep. Um, so for Democrats suck, we have Nancy um, again. Uh, I brought her up a couple of weeks ago. That's OK. Um, she took her 789th swipe at progressive Democrats. <laughs> I believe that's the actual number. She issued a stern warning to the 2020 Democratic primary field that progressive policies that might fire up the party's liberal wing could prove damaging in the general election. She said proposals such as Medicare for all and a wealth tax that have been touted by Warren and Sanders could appeal to progressive pockets but fail to land in key swing states. And she said, what works in San Francisco does not necessarily work in Michigan. What works in Michigan works in San Francisco. And then she said, remember November, you must win the Electoral College. Okay, Nancy Pelosi, I think that um, Bernie Sanders remembers November and that you have to win the Electoral College because he was running for president and he was the one who didn't lose the Electoral College to Donald Trump. Right. And then she did this like really annoying like lefty cred thing where she goes, as a left-wing San Francisco liberal, I can say to these people, what are you thinking? You can ask the left. They're unhappy with me for not being a socialist. Um, And of course she wants them instead to protect the Affordable Care Act, the ACA. But, you know, I just want to quote friend of the show, I think, future friend of the show. We haven't had him on yet. David uh, Dane. David Dane, yeah. Mm-hmm. From the, who's now at the American Prospect. So he had a great take on this. First, let's examine Pelosi's remarks on Bloomberg over the weekend, where she managed to denigrate Medicare for all, the Green New Deal, and the wealth tax, the very issues that have driven the most interest and discussion nationally in the space of a short interview. What works in San Francisco does not necessarily work in Michigan, Pelosi said, somehow arguing that a city where one out of every 11,600 people is a billionaire would have a friendlier attitude toward taxing wealth than the working class enclaves of the Great Lakes states. (laughs) Um, She supported building on Obamacare over national the insurance system, supported I don't know what, instead of reducing carbon emissions to the level scientists believe necessary to save the planet, and insisted that Democrats adhere to pay-as-you-go budgeting rules to hamstring all progressive priorities foregrounding the national debt over the deficits of the middle class's health and well-being. So, um, yeah, that's, I guess, not at all surprising. So, it's pretty on brand, yeah. Could we just back up for a second? Sure, of the, course. The, so she is so uber concerned about November that she doesn't want to do anything that will that, that is only designed to fire up the base. So she's against the wealth tax, and she's against, which basically the entire country is for. Right. Right? Everybody who's not rich. Uh, and But she wants to do impeachment, which even her even she has said, has gone on, on record as saying is a dangerous thing for the general election. And yeah. She, she caved on that. Yeah. Um, also. The Green New Deal. I mean, it's Speaking of caving like a wall, 
Uh, as Dan writes, what's revealing about that last bit is that the paygo rules in place today have been waived numerous times to make room for messaging bills from the Democratic majority that have foundered in the Senate. Pelosi is OK with deficit spending when she knows the underlying legislation will run into the Mitch McConnell, Donald Trump brick wall. If that dynamic changes, she's content to be the brick wall herself. Wow. Yeah. So brick wall Pelosi. Uh, she's a brick house. A few, a few. <laughs> you got to get some Lionel Richie up yeah, in here. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. All right. So for uh, isn't that weird? Uh, amazing article. Eye opening okay. for me um, this week it w- it was in BBC and it was called Many Westerners Take mo- uh, Morning Showers, Toilet Tissue and Sitting Toilets for Granted. But in much of the rest of the world, these habits are rather strange and maybe less hygienic. Basically, the premise of this article, and it starts off by quoting an Egyptian comedian named Bassam Yusuf. Oh, yeah. And he says, as Arabs, we have to make sure that we have three things when we pack. Our passports, a bunch of cash, and a handheld portable bidet. Uh, and he talks about how he carries what's called a shadaf or butt gun. And the premise of the article is basically that the entire world, like two-thirds of the world, doesn't use toilet paper. They wash instead with water, okay. right? And not only is this better. is this more hygienic, yeah. um, and the example they use is just, just try wiping uh, melted chocolate off your face with just a tissue. Um, As opposed to with a hose? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and it's also environmentally unfriendlier, right? They interviewed all these people, and it's, it's kind of amazing. Like, Australians have adapted to Western-style bathrooms by using both toilet paper and then shower filling a jug of water or installing handheld bidets next to their toilets you gotta stick to one shit or get off the pot <laughs> i think i think this is a thing i think this is gonna be oh to be bi curious no the I, I think this is gonna this is gonna be an argument that's gonna persuade uh environmentalists in an anti-toilet paper an anti-toilet paper. Right, okay. we, we should start that here hey if you want bidet water bidet sponsorship we're here for that Right for the show. Yeah. Now there's there's one thing that's really interesting about this is that I I don't entirely agree with the rest of the world because the rest of the world also s- squats instead of sits. Right. right? That's or, better or, for you or, though. Or, 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 yeah. And they say that it's actually better for the angle. Um, the angle or angle? Yes, angle. The, the angle allows for smoother passage. But it says Americans have turned this longer toilet time into a form of leisure. There's a large market for books to be read while sitting on the toilet, uh, which generally involves trivia, short stories, or jokes. I don't think that's true. I, re- I mean, I have a wide variety right. of things you that I read. War and Peace. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I've read most of that book, yeah, in one sitting. yeah. Yeah. Um, I would be very opposed to any change in the sitting ritual. Okay. What about the water, you? though? The water, you know, I could, pro- I could be convinced on that. You could be that. convinced. You could be, okay. But you're a lazy toilet. You, I mean, look, I would really, it would be good. It would get me into shape. I have to strengthen my <laughs> leg muscles. And it's hard to squat, but apparently it's good for you. It's better for you. It's not just better passage. Yeah. Well, I guess they're related, but it's supposed to be good for you. Yeah. It's yeah. like babies. Having a baby, you're supposed to do it. You like squat, I guess. Right. So yes. So that's why they have birthing bars, I guess it's called. Right. And if you think of gravity, it's like, yeah, it makes sense because the baby's coming out it's easier that way. But it's for the doctors that it comes out this way. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Well, I mean, look, I, I can't comment on giving birth. I, Me yeah, neither. But I, on the other yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, well, we've been on the receiving end of it. Right. Yes. We've been birthed. Yes. C-section. And I've you know, C-section. Seen, seen it. So the sort of last thing about this I should point out is that uh, I've lived in the probably the only country in the world that where if there's a debate between toilet paper and and 
and bathing there's like only a few countries where it's none of the above like russia's one of right. those right okay, got it, <laughs> so yeah. like no toilet paper no bidet nothing Just, right? like i like the way you say bidet like you're real friend really playing up the french that is how we pronounce it right well i guess i think like well you made fun of me for saying arepa uh-huh. so um right yes, i have yeah. to yeah. Yeah. Bidet, yeah. Yeah. En bidet, yeah. <laughs> the french always do that so anyway let's 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 start the movement to end toilet paper in America. Yeah, let's do it. You know, we want to take credit for it. When that actually happens, we should well, take credit know, for it. Yeah, it started here. Right. Um, okay, so now let's go to Isn't That Terrible? So Isn't That Terrible is a, uh, a pretty sad story. It has some weirdness in it, too, which is about... Um, a wo- well, let's, you know what? Let's, let's go to the video, shall we? Yes. This is easier. Let's go to the videotape. You okay. don't even know what that refers to, do you? Yeah, what is it? Warner Wolf. Famous sportscaster. He used to oh, say, let's go to the okay. video too. I've heard that expression without knowing where it came from. Yeah. Okay, so ready, guys? Let's let's play this sad news, but kind of weird and terrible. A woman in Indiana got found in a house with an eight-foot python wrapped around her neck. Not just any house. Medics say they tried to revive her and could not. 20 of the 140 snakes that are kept in the house are hers. And they say the house is set up specifically for Keeping snakes, I guess. I just want to point out part of the reason this is weird and terrible is because the way she's reading it sounds like she, English is in her first language or she's getting fed the words like one at a time. It's a little bit like the movie Starman where he's an alien and learning English yeah. as he's speaking it. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. so. Like, I don't know, a snake boarding house. Records show the local sheriff owns the place. He tells local media that the woman's death is so tragic that it's an accident and that he's fully cooperating. An autopsy is expected today. Isn't that weird? It's like you you think she's going to be like, he's saying that it's so tragic that, but it's just like, he's saying that it's so tragic. And he's cooperating with his own yeah, investigation. Yeah. It's like the syntax is the, the cadence of it is weird. Everything's weird. So could we hear just the beginning of that again? Yeah, sure, I, sure, I, sure. Yeah. I thought I heard her say that 20 of the hundred something snakes. Oh, yeah. In the house oh, yeah. That's hers. real. Yeah. 20 of the 140 snakes that are kept in the house are hers. And they say the house is set up specifically for keeping snakes, I guess. Like, I don't know, Wait, a snake okay. boarding house. Record show the so snake boarding house. So 20 of the 100 and something snakes in the are house. Are hers. So are there other people in the yeah, house who also so. have snakes? Yeah, maybe. I want to know, did her own snake kill her or was it someone else's snake? Because it's a self, if it's, it's her own fault if it's her own snake. Bizarre. Um, Maybe it's murder if someone else's snake did it. Oh, now we're going to get into the felony murder thing again. Yeah, I'm gonna oh, be there we, the, we got some aggressive. response on. We got to get a yeah, lawyer on that. I know. Okay, so we got Democrats suck, Republicans suck. Isn't that weird? Isn't that terrible? Those are our four genres and, and to which all news stories fall. But I wanted to start a new segment called Isn't That Bailey? Isn't That Bailey? Okay. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. This is a video posted by the Warren campaign, and uh, just so people know, Warren has her hands up like, okay, I can't actually, like I have to say, her hands are up in the air, uh-huh. and she's approaching a big uh, balloon of a dog, Okay. and it says Medicare for all, because it's a, it's a, here, let's just play it. Oh my God. Good boy. Big structural Bailey. 
Bailey is Elizabeth Warren's dog. A very cute dog. Very cute golden retriever. It's unclear who did this, but over the weekend in Iowa, um, I guess Warren fans or her staff, it's unclear, they placed a huge blow-up balloon of a Bailey dog. It's huge. How big would this? you say this is? It's like, it's like 25 or 30 feet yeah, tall. And it has two pennies on it because her two-penny wealth tax. Oh, God. So she dressed him up as that for Halloween. He's my two-cent dog. Are you making your two-cent contribution? Oh, you are. You are. Are you ready for Halloween? Which is kind of weird because it's not like a costume, but she had a big, t- she put two pennies around his, um, his collar. And this dog has that too. And the best part of it is that they're just saying big structural bailey. What is big stru- structural bailey? Big structural ba- change, I guess. They're just, but that's a reach. Yeah, no, totally. How does that metaphor work? The dog is structural? No, I think they're just being like, because it's big. It doesn't make any sense. It would make sense if the name was like um, Chuck or something, maybe. Big Big structural structural Chuck. Chuck. But like, it makes no sense. It's just such a stretch. And it's kind of weird. And anyway, I thought we could start a new thing. That's really bizarre. Isn't that Bailey? And it's really weird when she's petting her dog too on Halloween. She's like, that's a good good, good boy. That's like an idea that you come up with when... You you're you should stoned? have gone to sleep when you were stoned, right. like you know you, on Ambien, you, yeah, Ambien yeah. and and weed. Yeah. Is that that that's that kind of an idea. Yeah. Also the posture. Yeah. So you guys don't see this if you're listening. Her arms are up in the air, it's and it's ex- like she's about to hug him, and then she goes up to the dog. She doesn't really hug him. She pets him. And when I say the dog, we are talking about a big balloon of a dog, not the actual dog. Yeah. No. Um, she's she's running with her arms extended, and. I, I know I'm dating myself a little bit here. Dirty dancing? No, it's oh. she's she's Beavis doing cornholio. What's that? She is. I am the great cornholio. I am cornholio. I need picada for my bunghole. I am cornholio. That's what it's Elizabeth Warren being cornholio. Well, I was thinking of. It's funny our different it's, references. I was thinking of Dirty Dancing when Baby runs up to jump into Patrick Swayze's arms. And uh, he lifts her up. Right. Um, I don't know why I thought of that. And then one of the great times she builds up. Oh, because she, she kind of runs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. But by the way, uh, this is their second. Elizabeth Warren and her husband, this is their second um, golden retriever. They had one named Otis, who was a consistent comfort to Warren during her initial entry several years ago into the rough and tumble world of Beltway politics. Otis was euthanized after a long battle with lymphoma days before Warren was first elected to the U.S. Senate in 2012. What did Otis know? <laughs> did she Vince Foster? I think uh, she VF'd. Vince Foster, oh, her, Otis. Her, her, her golden retriever. Yeah, big right. dead Otis. Big, the big Doesn't structural dead yeah, Otis. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah. So we, I think we should we should ask our readers to tell us. Listeners, viewers, w- viewers, readers, yeah. yeah. What exactly? What does that remind yeah, we need them of? An, we, yeah. yeah, we need a term for it too. I, right? I think it's cornhole. Is that? Is that? I'm gonna. Liz I think Holio. It's, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Liz Holio. Yeah. That okay, is yeah. a crazy clip. Right. It's yeah. really weird. That's so that's the most. Your, that's the that most stone thing the I've seen on the on, yeah. the on the campaign trail so far. Yeah. Just setting up the Epstein. Yeah. Let's thing. set up the Epstein. Yeah. Tell um, us what's the, there was. What the you know, there was this in the news this week because the 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 family apparently hired. Um, the famous uh, forensic pathologist Michael Michael Baden, right? That's mm-hmm. his name. And basically, this, this is like a replay of of the scene from The Wire when Jimmy McNulty went to uh, went to find out, asked the pathologist what happened to D'Angelo Barksdale, who hung himself in prison. Hung, hung himself, himself? In, yeah. Air so, quotes. So the, this, okay. the, remember this scene if you might, if you're a fan of the show. Okay. Yeah, he's kind of a made guy down there. I just want to make sure nobody did the suicide to him. <laughs> 
<laughs> so basically, they tried to find out if somebody did the suicide to right, exactly. uh, to, to to Epstein, and the, surprisingly, the conclusion was yes. They killed him, right? In the wire, they did the suicide. They to did. Him? They did do the suicide to him. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that never. There was never proven. Right. Yeah. He Even got, though yeah, he had narrative. he had two different like right. marks around his and neck. And he sat down. I remember that. Yeah, that was he the official down, story. Which I don't think is a common way to kill yourself. Well, there's not many ways to clear yourself in prison. Oh yeah, okay. That's one Sorry, of that's that one was, of the things that, that, was, that actually right. that yeah, like I take your shoelaces. How do you sit down? Doesn't something? No. There's no gravity. Oh my god! It goes back to the childbirth and squatting. Squatting. Should you squat when you're killing yourself in prison? I mean, I would love. That's where my squatting inability <laughs> may come in handy. Although I'd fall over, so so this news this news this landed news story, this week, yes. and and you know with it all the impeachment madness, it just really did make a blip. After again, this was about about to be the biggest story in history this this summer. I feel like it was you know yeah, and, and it just it, it's just dead. So um, and and it really speaks to the way that by the way I want to play just one clip also that I think is important to watch because the way that the media treats this story, because as we'll talk about with our guests, the way that the media treats the story is is kind of insane, and you get called a conspiracy theorist if you look into it, but it's really hard to n- not talk about things that sound like conspiracies when you're talking about the Epstein case. Yeah. So the one way that you can handle it is you, uh, you don't talk about it, or um, as Trevor Noah does in his impeccable, hard-hitting journalism, yeah. you uh, make light of it. And here, Trevor Noah is asking Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton, whose husband and father um, has flown around a lot on Epstein's Lolita Express, and here's how he handles it. Hillary, I have to ask you a question that has been plaguing me for a while. How did you kill Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> <laughs> because you, you... Look at their faces. You're I mean, not in power, but you have all the power. <laughs> I, I really need to understand how you do what you do. <laughs> because you seem to be behind everything nefarious, and yet you do not use it to become president. <laughs> what is like, the game plan? <laughs> that's pretty awkward, because either way, her husband did fly around with this guy. Yeah, totally. And they have the Secret Service there was, was detailed to... Uh, and you know, there's there's a FOIA case about that. That's yeah. uh, we, we we can ask about that. Yeah. Chelsea in that video looks so like she's she's swallowed a shit milkshake. That thing. Oh right? yeah, it's yeah, just totally, terrible. Yeah. I mean, she, you're not. You can't make her. inferences from how people re- respond, but they do look uncomfortable in that oh, scene. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, how could you not be uncomfortable? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean, besides being on a talk show with your mom and your mom's Hillary Clinton, you're right, going to be uncomfortable. Right. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's hard because it does sound so crazy. But a lot of these things, like, look, we know that Clinton flew on this jet, right? Yeah. On this Lolita Express, we know that D- Dershowitz. Dershowitz. I saw Dershowitz on a plane once. Bill so Richardson. I mean, Bill Richardson. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that like, and we know he definitely was a. I mean, is, 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 these things are proven, right? Like we know that he well, was the, involved. The, that he created the sex. Right. Uh, the thing. The things that are proven yeah. are the underage women to the island. His role in it. Um, you know, he he pleaded out right. to the, the case once, and. Then there's a there's are a, a, a series of issues involving um, the attempt to kind of relitigate this case uh, and, and also get it back into the press, and we right. can talk about that because there's there's some amazing things oh, that yeah. have come out recently. Um, but you know, there's there's just you know when Vanity Fair uh, writer Vicky Ward yeah. a few years ago, she asked Alexander Acosta, who's the the justice official and now who's now under Trump. 
um, why that he didn't press forward with the case. The quote was, uh, he belongs to intelligence. I was told he belongs to intelligence. Right. Uh, which, you know, is, is, an, un- is an incredible thing to, uh, thing to be, have on the record. Um, also, on. her story got, she wrote a story for Vanity Fair, and the editor of Vanity Fair at the time. Graydon Carter, yeah. Yes, took out all the stuff about um, him and young women. I think they kept in something that was like, he's a ladies' man or something. Yeah, the not, not, not a shining moment for the uh, creator of one of my favorite things of all time, Spy Magazine, Great Graydon Carter. But oh, yeah. um, there's so much about this case that is... Um, that is just so improbable and like every instinct I have as a reporter is to just laugh at it it's too ridiculous but yeah. it, all this stuff actually happened I don't, I don't, know. I don't know how to I don't know what and to then make you of have it. like you know the, there is this weaponization of conspiracy theories that we talk about a lot which is and the Clintons are the best example of this right because you have Hillary Clinton who came up with the term vast right-wing conspiracy and there was one and the right wing goes crazy about the Clintons and they do hate them indeed but then the Clintons reap the benefits of that by using that as a shield against actual valid accusations and criticism. Well, yeah, it's like it's like the term deep state. Like yeah, exactly. You, 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 you lean into anybody who uses that term and right. then it make it, it sounds ridiculous. Right. You sound like a, a loon, like a tinfoil hat person. And, and that makes person. it, that inoculates anybody who, who has any, uh, you know, against any criticism of the intelligence agencies. Yeah. So that's what not right either. What did he call it? The bureaucrat, the, yeah, the federal bureaucracy. The federal bureaucracy, yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, but I mean, in this case, the connections between Clinton and um It's so offensive that they're are, laughing are, about that. Are detailed, and, and they're not coming out in, like, the National Enquirer. I mean, you have, um, you have, like, the New York Times did a, did a story you know, in 2002, the former president took a trip on Mr. Epstein's private jet. At the time, Mr. Clinton had been out of the White House for two years and started the nonprofit group, the Clinton Foundation. Through his work with the foundation, Mr. Clinton connected with Mr. Epstein. Um, and, you know, again, this this is a he's he's this this was already after there was some serious questions about uh, about Epstein. So at a very minimum, you have Bill Clinton flying around with a guy who's raped young women, right? Yes. And has like a network of this. So the either like you shouldn't be joking about this, Trevor Noah. And we understand why Hillary and, and Chelsea look the way that they did their expressions. But um, the, I, sorry yeah. to interrupt in a statement. Uh, this this is this is a story from July uh, in a statement on Monday. Mr. Clinton's spokesman, Angel Urena. Uh, said that Mr. Clinton Clinton took, quote, four trips on Mr. Epstein's plane between 2002 and 2003, one each to Europe and Asia, and two to Africa. The trips all, quote, included stops in connection with the work of the Clinton Foundation, Mr. Urena said, adding that Mr. Clinton's staff, supporters of the foundation, and Mr. Clinton's Secret Service detail traveled with him on every leg of the trip. Um... Flight records published by Gawker in 2015 suggested that Mr. Clinton took at least a dozen separate flights on Mr. Epstein's plane. Uh, so there's you know, the Clinton and there, you know the Trump has his own history with with Epstein, which is why before Epstein suicided himself or or was or suicided, suicided, this was about to be the the most insane uh, you know criminal trial probably in in American history, or at least you know probably eclipsing OJ, I would think. Right. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden, it's just so conspicuous that this is a dead story. This is something you hate to... to you hate to see it. Like, 
I, I, I am embarrassed to admit that I do. Well, I shouldn't be embarrassed. Look, the, the Project Veritas has some interesting stuff. They, they, they do. And this one. Can you tell people who, uh, just in case people don't know, Project Veritas is James Project O'Keefe's Veritas right, is, yeah. So Project Veritas, which is James O'Keefe's is like hyper part, you know, partisan Republican project. And what they basically do is gotcha videos. Um, they're they kind of specialize recently. Like they've they've had a lot of people who are like CNN employees um, or tapes of things that have been said at CNN or uh, or other liberal um, news networks. Some of them are very damaging. Um, you know, I have a bit of a beef with this organization personally, just because Erica Garner, who is a friend of mine, got surreptitiously taped on. Uh, on the Staten Island Ferry, and they somebody pretended to be friends, you know, part of her movement, and caught her on tape basically saying that Al Sharpton was all about the money, right? Which, you know, may or have been true on some level, but it it created a serious problem yeah, in the family and everything. Right. Which so that wasn't that wasn't awesome. They're forces for evil, Project Veritas. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. No, pol- politically, anyway, not friends of mine. But they what they they do. They get a lot of stuff that's like actual videotape, hot mic stuff, and uh, in this one they they recently released. It's a tape of Amy Robach, the a- ABC News anchor, anchor talking about the Epstein case, and this it's just an amazing broadcast. Here, we should play it. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, "Who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story." Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate oh, and Will that we that also quashed the story. And then um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like every day, I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh my god, we. It was um, what what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney, three years ago, saying like, "Aunt, like, we there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known." And I had it all three years ago. You think she's going to get fired? Because if so, she could come on the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But basically, so that's an example of how the media works, right? Again. Well, and again, it, it, she's not the only person. Vicky Ward complained about this. Right. I mean, there's a lot of them are women who went, studied, who went after this, understandably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Vicky Ward, Julie Brown, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting example how they couldn't t- cover it in part because of the um, pr- William and Kate. Right. Yeah. So Will and Kate. If, if Will and Kate. You have to Harry, think about yeah, this from the perspective of news agencies. Right. Like if you do a story like this and you give it any credence at all, you're you're cutting off your access, access to some yeah. really important like ratings getting figures, right? Right. So whether it's you know for for conservative media, you just probably can't go after the Trump angle right. on this at all. And if you're if you're on any other kind of media, the Clinton angle is right. going to be really really problematic. Right. And then if you're if you're an international organization, the Royals right. and Prince Andrew, Prince Andrew and all that right. stuff, that's a problem. So th- this is the kind of this is the kind of thing that. 
um, news directors are, hate these kinds of stories. It's it's like it's almost like going after a big corporation right. because there's there's nothing but you're going to get it. But wouldn't this grief. be good for like would it not be good for ratings? Is this one of the examples where like the cap the economic and the political things kind of. It would, Clash. but it's a it's a declaration of war. Once right. you go after, you know, if you if you go after the Clintons and you start digging into the whole question of why was Bill Clinton taking multiple plane rides with with right. this dude, um, then look, you're going to have all kinds of problems right. getting uh, yeah. anybody from that world to go on go on the network anymore. I mean, it's not going to be like one. Nobody's going to send you a letter saying we here hereby no longer will appear of on your course, network. Right. But it's well, yeah, it's we just, see how these stories get spiked, or you know, it just becomes part of the thought and process, and I think that's part of the reason why you having you're you're seeing word of all these news directors and editors just kind of backing away from this few years ago, right? right? And I, I think it's also why. A lot of them are glad that Epstein's dead. Right, of you course. Know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the story's just curiously quiet nowadays. So, okay, so 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 we're going to be talking to Liz Franzic. We had a few technical difficulties, so bear with us. But uh, it's still interesting, uh, and uh, and listen in. Hey, listeners, we're going to get into our conversation with Liz Franzak from the podcast True Anon. But before we start, I wanted to mention that we had a technical issue with the call, so we apologize for the sound quality on Liz's mic and my own mic. Coincidentally, suspiciously, we had tech issues on the very episode on which we talk about Jeffrey Epstein. Hmm. So without any further ado, here is Liz Franzak, a San Francisco-based writer and the co-host of the Epstein podcast, True Anon. All right. Awesome. Liz, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Liz. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so tell us why you have this podcast about Jeffrey Epstein, um, how it started, and what you're hoping to do with it. Not like uh, career-wise, like why you're doing it. <laughs> the lens through which you're looking at the world, yeah. It, this yeah. is a stepping stone to be a, sh- a career as a showrunner, right? That's, that's, yeah, that's the idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Brace and I started the podcast right around when um, Epstein was first arrested earlier this year in July. Because we were kind of watching it all unfold and we're like, whoa, th- like kind of in real time, kind of on Twitter, you know, texting each other, being like, this is really crazy. Why is no one talking about this, et cetera, et cetera. So we kind of like got together, not as a joke, but uh, with some good humor to kind of like talk around this case because it was, a, you know, even from what was coming out and what we knew from the years prior, it was just such a wild, um, such a wild case. And then about three episodes in, um, Epstein died. <laughs> quote, quote, unquote, died. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Quote, unquote. Because we definitely entertained some body double theories, which I can get into. But um, <laughs> no, he died. And that's when it really took off. And we were like, OK, so this is getting even weirder. And the more and more we um, kind of looked at the case and uh, this sort of different intersecting uh, characters and institutions and all the various um, paths that Jeffrey Epstein crossed, it became really clear that the entire um, Epstein extended universe, as we like to call it, is such a unique uh, lens through which to understand and reveal like larger um, 
class antagonisms within the United States, uh, larger sort of mechanisms and institutions that exercise great power, whether it's in finance or technology or academia or, uh, you know, international affairs and NGOs. Uh, so he, you know, so we kind of look at the podcast as kind of a way of exploring like all of those things through this. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's really interesting because one of one of the things that's so amazing about the Epstein story is is the bipartisan nature of it. It's just it just so doesn't fit with the ordinary um, political story in America, which almost uniformly political stories are marketed to one side or the other of the. Um, uh, you, you know, either they're either Fox stories or they're or they're MSNBC stories for the most part. This story is 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 horrible for Clinton, and it's it's not so great for Trump and Alan Dershowitz, and and it's really a story about how basically powerful people, um, you know, they're they have more alike in, in common with each other than they do with the rest of us, regardless of party affiliation. It seems right. it seems more to me more a class thing than an ideological thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's something that we really stress um, on the show because I, I think the only way to, especially I, I think for a lot of people in the wake of 2016, um, it's been a very confusing, confusing set of couple years. Uh, and it's a really clear way to, or it, it's a clarifying view at, like you say, the bipartisan nature of how actual power is exercised, right? I mean, there's always there's that famous photo of uh, Hillary and Bill Clinton uh, with Melania and Donald Trump from, you know, the early 2000s. And that, you know, <laughs> you could you could just put Jeffrey Epstein in that photo and it, it would make complete sense. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and so it's a really good way to kind of cut across a lot of the, uh, you know, I'd say ideological cases that dominates a lot of our politics to, so that it, it's, it, you can really understand, you know, who is in charge and what's going on. And not necessarily in a kind of like QAnon conspiracy way, although, you know, we like to have a good sense of humor about it and, and kind of entertain some more uh, wild theories because it's fun. But it's, you know, it's... <laughs> The ruling class of America is not a conspiracy theory, right? Like, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it starts to shed its kind of conspiratorial, uh, like costume once you kind of break it down and you see, like, oh no, this is just a story of massive amounts of wealth and power, like, you know, escaping any kind of justice. Well, let's let's just really quickly talking about talk about what are the what are the connections between Epstein and Trump that are what are what are the the factoids that are the most damning for Trump in this story, and we'll get to Clinton after that. I think in terms of Trump, the allegations are legion. Uh, okay. I mean, I think you know he was. Uh, it's not you know not just uh, you know that he was um, you know friends with. Jeffrey Epstein. I think pretty much anyone in New York society was friends with Jeffrey Epstein and Gillian Maxwell, who was sort of his compatriot. Um, but also his ties go much deeper 
than than just kind of like run, what I would call like run of the mill society real estate New York politics. Um, you know, his lawyer was Roy Cohn, who is absolutely you know has a very storied history uh, in being affiliated with you know possible like CIA ties and intelligence ties that Mr. Epstein shared. Um, so, you know, I think that, uh, I, I, I'm surprised that more stuff about Epstein's connections with Trump hasn't come out. It's, you know, I, I think a lot of people have forgotten that Alex Acosta, who was the labor secretary, resigned because of, they were afraid of the noise that was coming out about his role in the Epstein plea deal, which is a very famous, so, Alex Costa was the U.S. attorney in Miami that helped negotiate the 2008 plea deal that Jeffrey Epstein took, which was basically, uh, you know, um, granted immunity to anyone that could not that not just that was named in a sealed indictment that is, is still yet to be unsealed, but also that anyone that anyone that could possibly be named in the future. I mean, it was like a wildly unprecedented. Uh, you know, grant of immunity. And Alex Acosta said that when he was negotiating this deal, he was told to drop the case because Epstein belonged, quote, to intelligence. Right. He told that to Vicky Ward, right? In the in Vanity Fair? Yeah. Yeah. So- and so he resigned earlier this year. I, I think that I would imagine the administration wouldn't want a lot of you know, people looking into that. Um, uh, You know, William Barr, his father is Donald Barr, who hired Jeffrey Epstein for his first job as a teacher at the Dalton School in Manhattan. The story is absurd. It's like everybody, there's there's only like 111 people in the world and they're all in this story, basically. You know, it's, yeah, it's, they all know uh, each other. Right. Um, so, so e- equally damning. So you have Trump's uh, justice person who is deeply implicated in this filthy uh, plea agreement, which is just shameful on every level. Right. You know, the, the to- totally inexcusable for somebody who's uh, been caught up in the, in the kind of scheme that that uh, Epstein was caught up in. And then on the flip side. He's he's palling around with the former president of the United States, uh, who's who's taking flights with him all over the world. I mean, there, there I've, I've seen conflicting stories about how many flights there were and 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 who, who was on them. And but there there are actual confirmable episodes of, of Bill Clinton flying multiple times with Epstein and even with the Secret Service going along with him. Are, are there not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Jeffrey Epstein was on the Council of Foreign Relations. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Right, I know. Yeah. Probably one like of the Gilly- more ethical people on that council. Yeah, you know, I mean, Ghislaine Maxwell's nephew was one of two Clinton State Department appointees. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, you know, I mean, and this was literally, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I mean, Secretary Clinton, Hillary Clinton. So... Uh, you know, uh, he, he, these ties are very deep, um, and it's not, you know, the 
like I, I want to push back on, you know, I, I understand why some people would be a bit sensitive to the claims about Bill Clinton and especially with Hillary Clinton, you know, um, I'm well aware of all the QAnon stuff and Pizzagate stuff, right? But it is like, it is true that Jeffrey Epstein's, um, you know, mistress, basically, Elaine Maxwell, whose father, Robert Maxwell, is probably the most famous spy in world history. Um, you know, her nephew <laughs> served on the Friends of Libya board and later the Friends of Syria board, which were tasked with, you know, State Department, uh, let's say, activities in those countries. Both oh, great successes, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, it was really hard for me last week watching, I don't know if you saw, but watching Hillary and Chelsea yeah. Clinton on The Daily Show. Yeah, we played it as an example of uh, the weaponization of conspiracy theories to, to protect yourself from actual criticism. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was really, it really reminded me of, you know, I, to be, to put my cards on the table, like, I don't have a lot of nice things to say about Secretary Clinton. Um, that I might not have any nice things to say about her, <laughs> but um, I will say that, like, the way that she responded to that, you know, planted joke or whatever, obviously they worked it out about what was going to be said and what the, you know, where the questions were going, but it reminded me so much of the callousness yeah. on Gaddafi's death. And so I think that, like, that kind of... Mm, yeah, like callousness, like complete impunity, complete lack of, I mean, you know, I get that there's QAnon people that think that, you know, that are saying that Hillary Clinton like eats children's faces or whatever. But, you know, at the bottom of this story, as wild as we, you know, want to talk about these, you know, intelligence connections and connections with COD and with Silicon Valley and with, you know, whatever we want to talk about, at the bottom of the story, and it's really important to remember this, are, you know, teenage girls. So I think that, you know, just watching that was, was a real clarifying moment for me on, you know, how people think of us. I mean, to be fair, I think that, honestly, Trevor Noah is, like, not even, like, I think he's not even that malicious or complicit. I think he probably doesn't even know what the... Well, I mean, I you know, from from, know from the point of view of the Daily Show, I, I get why they did the joke. I mean, it's it, I, yeah. I, I I actually do, I, I get what they were thinking, and for for them, Creepy. it's kind of a daring viral thing to do. I mean, it, from from their point of view, from the yeah. point of view of a bunch of comedians who work on a show like that. But of of course, it's it's a preposterous thing to pass off as a joke <laughs> you know what i mean because i don't know it, well, it also yeah it's a I great mean, way to inoculate her right because you say something that's over the top and then oh ha, ha that's funny that's not true and then out you know with that this is, it has the effect of, of like what is it throwing out the baby with the bathwater? the mm. bath water being yeah. that um he did go on a lot of flights with Epstein and hung out with him, and the baby being like, "Oh, Hillary Clinton eats babies for breakfast," like you said. Right. I mean, totally. Uh, but I mean, uh, it's um, like Ghislaine mm -hmm. Maxwell was at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. Yeah. Politico reported on how close their relationship was. They vacationed together. They were good friends. Right. Ghislaine was 
the connection between Chelsea and Epstein. I mean, this is Politico reported on this earlier this summer. So, like, I don't know how Chelsea Clinton can sit there laughing, pretending as if all of these connections and these stories are absurd when they're, in fact, completely true, Right. you know? I mean, I don't um, actually think it was... Sorry, I cut you off. No, go ahead. It's just well, like, I, it really gets me heated. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think that I, I interviewed Juanita Braja, mm-hmm. um, and I mentioned this before, and, you know, it's so easy to dismiss her as a as the product of a conspiracy theory. And, and, of course, now that she's a Trump supporter, it's that much easier. But the truth is, like, I believe her. There's a lot of evidence. She's been totally dismissed. No one takes her seriously. And... Clinton's defenders get to just point to the fact that, you know, people say lots of things about the Clintons that aren't true. And that's become such a convenient and effective shield. Yeah. Um, but sometimes they are true. And we see this with a lot of different issues. I mean, around Russiagate, all these things. Um, the way that people try to use the term conspiracy theory to make someone just toxic. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm still hoping for an ending where it's like the murder of the or- in the Orient Express or on the Orient Express where literally every everybody there's a video that surfaces where they're all in the cell strangling uh, uh, Epstein at the same time Trump Hillary Clinton Bill Richardson Alan Dershowitz right. kind of kind of in the back Larry Summers yeah exactly like they're all kind of piling on to get it like a piece of like I mean the whole thing is is it's comical but. Like, there's just no way to make the, the facts of, of this story not be ridiculous. I mean, the, you know, he, he's the most uh, high-profile criminal defendant, you know, in recent American history. And, you know, he, he somehow manages to, to strangle himself uh, where no cameras are on. I mean, yeah. what part of it isn't absurd, that all, the, the entire story? I know. It's like, it's, I was joking, it's like on The Wire, you know, right. where oh, like every, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's like every single thing that you would script to be some kind of like mob, mob yeah. story would is is there. It's like, and they just the guards fell asleep, and what you know, it's like all these things. Um, that homemade cooking that they get, that rich sweet home inducing cooking. Yeah. Where does the story go now? Is is there is is there Obviously, there is, there's an investigation that has to happen into into his death. There's the private well, forensic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's the question. There is no investigation. That's right. There isn't one. There, there's only the there was the private forensic report, but that doesn't have any teeth to it. Oh, no, um, um, you know that was there. It's out of the press. I mean, just to, not to get like black pill or whatever, <laughs> but it's like it's out of the press. There's no call for investigation. You've got people on TV calling it a right-wing conspiracy. <laughs> um, so I don't really know. I mean, I think, to, to be honest, like, I, I think it's absolutely insane that Congress isn't holding hearings. And I know that maybe that sounds crazy, but I remember, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Jimmy Savile case in the U.K., um, but he was, uh, I, I mean, this sounds like a, this is a terrible thing to say, but like a prolific predator who, um, was lauded for his philanthropic work, huge charity, beloved among the nation. 
And it came out shortly after his death, and there had been lots of rumors, um, you know, that he had victimized, you know, a conservative amount would be in the hundreds of children. And he had ties to the royal family. He had ties to Margaret Thatcher herself, to high-up MPs, members, uh, you know, within various state organs. Um, not to mention within the NHS. So it's like a, a horrifying case. And it came out that the BBC had sidelines reporting on it after getting receiving pressure from the royal family. And I would imagine Ken Downing as well. Yeah. And uh, there, was a, there was a huge investigation into it. And yeah. the, so the idea that we couldn't have an investigation into this, that Congress couldn't, I mean... We've gotten so used to, I think, Congress, like, not doing anything. <laughs> right. It's like, about anything that it sounds ridiculous to even ask, to even demand this. It would but, take away from the impeachment schedule. I think, I think at best, we're, we're, we're going to get a future move. It'll be like Weekend at Epstein's. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You heard it here first, Like, the dead dead Epstein with the purple, you know, swollen neck and then all the congressmen running around in togas or whatever it is. I mean, that's, that's about, what, that's like, that's, that's like the, the extreme upside, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think we're actually going to get any kind of, you know, because who, who, who has an interest in doing it, you know, at this point? Yeah, I mean, you know, not to be glib, but that's what we got from the financial crisis. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's true. Too big to fail. You know? yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, we got, we got, the Adam McKay movie, and now we're going to get the second one. Yeah. Right. So, um, and yeah, I think the I, fact that know, we haven't, sorry, I cut you off. No, I, you know, I'll say, though, that, um, you know, in the, I think it was the late 90s, early 2000s, I think, um, there was a similar case with Mark, a man named Mark Dutroux in Brussels, and, you know, the protests basically brought down the government. Um, You know, none of this has to, none of this has to be the way it is. You know, um, people can demand, demand action. Um, But just like anything else, whether it's this, whether it's healthcare, whether it's, you know, these other interests that, or these other demands that are necessarily opposed to those in power. Right. It's going to take, you know, much more than a podcast. I'll say that. Public castration. Yeah. Well, yeah. So let's hold our breath and wait (laughs) for America to band together. And and yeah. So anyway, well, Liz, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And sorry for all the technical difficulties, but we really appreciate your coming on too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Anytime. All right. Thank you. Talk to you later. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, that was great. Uh, that was Liz Franzik from True Anon, and uh, I'm still confused. I don't really get it. Anyway, go New York Guardians and XFL if you want to uh, sponsor this show. Um, just call us anytime. All right, that was uh, Useful Idiots, and uh, thanks very much, and we'll uh, see you next week. The 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.